Welcome back to another episode of the Erickson Brothers podcast. It is your host, Jeff Erickson, coming coming to you today from sunny San Diego, California. Uh, This podcast is where we talk about the questions we do not know the answers to and the possible returns of life's investments. I am doing a solo episode today as uh, my brother is studying for his Series 63 test for investment banking, um, so he does not have any time this weekend. And uh, I'm just knocking out a solo episode, but I think it's going to be a great opportunity for me to kind of dive into um, some of my experiences that I've had with entrepreneurship and some of my experiences that I've had with the businesses that I've started in the past. And then also some of my advice that I'd give to my former self and some of the advice that I'd give to younger entrepreneurs as well. And as as I've been in this business now, so I'm, I'm in the finance industry um, building a business and um, building an agency in the financial industry. Uh, I've had a lot of growth in the last year. And that's not me like trying to blow smoke up my own, um, blow smoke or anything, you know. Uh, it's just when you're in something that is 100% commission, when you're in entrepreneurship, uh, it takes a lot out of you. And it's going to require what you have. And it's going to require everything you have uh, and every skill you've learned. And um, every, every little thing that you can put into the business, that's what it's going to require. So there's just a couple things that I want to go over today. Um, first one to mention one of the big reasons why I got, and my brother got into entrepreneurship at a young age was what my dad did when we were nine years old. So when my brother and I were nine and 10 years old, my dad, our, our dad gave us a gumball machine and the gumball machine was five foot tall gumball machine and we put it in a local played again sports so this is a like a retail sporting goods store and we sold gumballs for 25 cents and we would buy the gumballs from amazon we'd get a big box of 850 gumballs we'd put them in there and we'd sell gumballs and uh every month we'd collect quarters and we ended up scaling our business uh, when we were like, I think 11 and 12 years old. We got a second a second gumball machine we put in a local Denny's. And uh, the one that played against sports uh, made us about a dollar and a half a day. And then the one at Denny's made us about $3 a day. So at a very young age, I was understanding why passive income is important and just the value of being able to make money without you having to do anything. So I was kind of hooked on that drug, so to speak, at a very young age and I realized that is something that I want to build on a really big scale for the rest of my life. You know, I think that if you trade your time for money, you're going to be working for the rest of your life. All right. So if you work per hour, if you work per year, right, you're trading that unit of time for money. Right. So if you trade your time for money, you're going to be working for the rest of your life. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're into entrepreneurship, you're into um, personal development, you're into uh, wanting to live a better life, whether, whether that's through your family, through your faith, through your finances, through your fitness, whatever that is. Um, so you're probably similar to me in the fact that you don't want to have to work for the rest of your life. You don't want to be average. You don't want to be ordinary. You know, you don't want to have to wait until you're 65 in order to retire. Uh, you're somebody that wants to achieve something great. And I, again, I knew that if I trade my time for money, if I was an employee only for the rest of my life, then, um, I would be kind of a slave to my job. So I wanted to be in a vehicle. And I learned this again when I was nine years old. I wanted to be in a vehicle where 
Um, I could stop working, but my income could never stop. And I could go away on vacation with my family and my income wouldn't stop, right? So by no means am I there now. Um, I am doing some things to start building up my passive income, building up my business to where I can step away from it and still have it be producing money. But um, again, that's a long-term skill or that's a long-term vision I have. Um, so from that, from the gumball machine business, um, my brother and I, when we were 12 years old, uh, when we were 12 and 13 years old, we started our uh, Erickson Brothers lawn mowing business. I'm actually wearing the shirt right now, but um, that was when we were in Colorado and we built up our business by knocking on people's doors and asking if we could mow their lawn and um, like uh, generating that into like weekly clients that we'd be able to have. So we built up to about 15 weekly clients. We had uh, two other high schoolers that we were paying out. Uh, at the time, they were middle schoolers. And then as we grew our business through high school, we had other high schoolers. So we'd pay our friends $20 an hour to help mow lawns with us. And then um, that was super fun. All right. So we got up to 15 clients. We ran an Instagram page. We uh, sold a bunch of t-shirts. And that taught me a lot about business too. And just like the importance of wanting to go out and to generate your own leads by yourself and how valuable, how valuable that can be because um, we got to the point where we're making like 30, 40 bucks an hour and where we could kind of have one of our friends mow a lawn for us and we could pay them 20 bucks an hour and we could make 10. And uh, we bought some nicer lawn mowers. We bought a weed whacker, a leaf blower, all that good stuff. So learned a lot about business there. But one thing that was tough was I learned how hard it was to encourage others to want to make money. Like I always thought it was difficult because I was so money motivated, honestly, at a young age that um, I thought it'd be easier to kind of have other people want to be encouraged to make money and have other people want to be ambitious about getting after it and wanting to win. Um, but I really found that that was kind of tough to being able to um, have other people work for you. And I just realized that I wasn't good, like looking back at it, I wasn't very good at selling the dream, right? So I wasn't really good at kind of like painting the picture of what this could be and kind of telling telling the guys that are working for me, like how valuable that is and like how they couldn't make this money anywhere else and how it was flexible and um, how they could end and really have like a nice finished product for somebody and the client could be happy and they could make a lot of money and they didn't have to really work um, too hard for it because it was just pushing a lawnmower that pushed itself. Um, so I learned a lot from that business. I learned it was very capital intensive. So we needed a lot of lawnmowers, which cost money. And then we had to put in gas as well and um, very capital intensive business. But I really liked that business because I learned the value of wanting to scale a company. And I learned the value of, again, having an income that you don't directly have to work for, right? So when you build a team of people that are able to mow lawns, you're able to make money without them having to be there. And that led into college to where I had some of my high school friends that were a couple of years younger than me. Um, I would have them continue our book of business using our lawn mowers when I was in college, right? So my brother and I were in college. I was in the Midwest. He was on the East Coast. And uh, our lawn mowing business was still running itself. Um, and we we're still, again, we didn't make a whole lot of money. Again, we were only making like 10 bucks a lawn, so to speak. But um, 
it was fun being able to get that in Venmo and uh, being able to pay other people too for the value they were able to bring as well. So learned a lot there. My freshman year of college, um, I was big into Gary V and I started doing, uh, started going to like garage sales, started going to Goodwill, started reselling stuff on eBay. And that was really fun. But again, that took a long time having to look up everything. It was, it was a kind of profitable business. I made probably about $600 or $700 in profit. So not a whole lot, but um, I started getting into e-commerce world and through getting better at eBay and through like getting my PayPal going and realizing um, the power of e-commerce, I actually started my own Amazon business. So I started my own Amazon FBA business where I reached out to some manufacturers in China and I did a lot of project, product research and I found out that there was a market for long drill bits. All right, so these like 12 inch long drill bits that you can add onto like a power drill. And um, I had a manufacturing company in China make me drill bits and ship them out to a Amazon fulfillment center. And I created this company that would resell drill bits online and it was a private label. So like I had my own label, it's called Top Shelf Products. And um, that was super fun. And I, I did pretty well. I scaled that up a good amount, but it was hard. Um, it was hard because there was a lot of reoccurring costs that were involved and the profit margins weren't very big, right? So even the profit margin, let's say it was only 20% of the total sales price was going into the cost of buying the item, right? So the cost of the good was about 20%. But on top of that was a marketing cost. And then there was an Amazon fixed fee. And then there was variable fees with Amazon. And then I had to pay this company called Jungle Scout to manage my whole business on that side. And um, again, the marketing costs for doing pay-per-click ads on Amazon, those were pretty expensive. And I realized that I wanted to be in a business that didn't have as much that didn't have as much reoccurring costs because there's a lot of like overhead costs. And plus the inventory took about three months to get to the US too. So um, that was fun. I learned a lot. I also got into wholesaling. Um, I did some wholesaling Keurig coffee cups on Amazon. Uh, that was a very competitive market, learned some there. But um, through that business, I learned that through my whole e-commerce and Amazon business, I learned that I want to be able to do something. I like how it's scaled. And I liked how you were able to grow it, but I wanted to be able to do something that didn't have as much overhead costs and didn't have as much reoccurring costs. So um, in college, my junior year of college, I was introduced to this financial business um, where you could build your own financial firm under this company and you could sell products that you didn't have to pay for. Right. And you didn't have to market for those products either. Right. So right off the bat, I was like, man, I'm able to sell a product, uh, whether it's an investment account or life insurance or whatever it is. I'm able to sell a product that I don't have to pay for, like green light. Right. I'm able to market a product that I don't have to pay for the marketing costs. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. So that was a big turn on as well for me. And then um, I was able to see that it could produce residual income, passive income, which I learned from my gumball machine business was something I wanted to be able to do long-term. 
right? Where I could stop working, but my income can never stop. So those are a couple things I learned from my business journey and how I got to where I am now. Um, completely leaving my lawn mowing business. I don't do that anymore. I don't do e-commerce anymore. I moved out to San Diego from Michigan where I went to school. And uh, I moved out here to work with a company full time. And I'm about nine months in so far and it's been going super well. And I really like it. I like the people in the office. Everyone's encouraging. Um, everyone, it's like, it's an environment of entrepreneurs that are really helping you out and you're in business by yourself, right? But it's not, here's the term. Um, you're in business for yourself, but it's not by yourself, right? So other people are able to give you like advice and feedback and um, give you some pointers on how to run your business. So other people are able to help you out, but you're in the business for yourself and it's something that you're eventually able to sell one day. So that's kind of the path that led me to where I am and um, kind of how I go about viewing businesses now is that same structure, right? How how is the um, business eventually going to be something where you can step away from it, right? So is it something that's going to be duplicatable or is it something where you can train somebody to uh, do what you're doing? Or is it something purely like real estate or like vending machines or gumball machines or whatever it is that produces you passive income, regardless of if you show up, right? So that's number one. Number two, I wanted something that didn't have any, I, I wanted something that was like a high profit margin business because in my e-commerce business, right, it was so much expenses that had to go into it. I wanted to look for a business that didn't cost as much for the products and that the majority of your revenue was actually your profit as well. So that was number two for me. And then another big thing was obviously the industry. Um, you don't want to be limited by your industry. You also want to have a growing industry. So uh, one thing I liked about finance was it's one of the fastest growing industries. And it's also the largest industry in the whole entire world. Um, most highly compensated industry in the whole entire world. So that was something that was attractive to me as well. And just a couple filters that I would encourage you guys, if you're young entrepreneurs, if you're in the business, kind of how I'd start to view business as well. Um, so that would be my advice. And what I think the last thing um, I kind of want to touch on is what I think is an unbeatable business strategy. And again, um, take my advice for what it's worth. I've gotten the results I've gotten. Um, so don't take my advice if you don't want to get my results. And I say that very humbly because I haven't really done much in my life yet. I haven't built the business that I want to build yet. I haven't built the company I want to build. I don't have uh, the bank account that I want to have. I don't have the real estate portfolio yet. Um, I'm just still very young in my career and I still really haven't done that much. I'm just kind of learning myself. And again, that's one of the whole uh, premise of this whole podcast is being able to talk about something that um, we don't know too much about. However, I do have some advice on the subject. And this is how I do see business as a 23 year old. Um, this is I've done business for over a decade. Right. So um, my business bulletproof viewpoint right now is don't do something if you can't see yourself doing it for a long time, right? So Alex Hermosi taught me that the best and most valuable skill in business 
is the ability to not quit, right? So the ability to never give up is the most valuable skill in business. So that's number one, right? Don't do something once if you can't do it forever, right? And on top of that, if you already know that you're going to do it forever, you're going to have a long-term viewpoint on it. So you're not going to go try to make the quick buck. You're not going to go try to maximize the commission you make on every single client because you know if you're in this business for 80 years, you know the big returns are going to happen long-term. So that's number one. Number two, be in a compounding vehicle, right? Be in something that has a compounding effect to it, right? So what does compounding mean, right? Compounding means it has some form of leverage, right? So no leverage would be trading your time for money, right? Making 15 bucks an hour, uh, making $50,000 a year, right? Trade like time in, money out, no leverage at all. High leverage opportunities are what really differentiate yourself or differentiate the wealthy people in America from the poor people in America, right? Just, just to be honest. And there are four different ways, four different forms of leverage and the four different forms of leverage, right? One, you can leverage labor, right? So you can build a team of people, whether it's a team of lawnmowers, whether it's a team of, um, whether it's a team of coders, whether it's a team of uh, financial advisors or realtors or whatever it is, you can build a team of people that you're able to build a business around, right? So you're leveraging people, right? Because right now you only have 24 hours in a day. If you have somebody on your team, you have 48 hours in a day. If you have three people mowing lawns for you, 72 hours in a day and so on, right? Because more hours equal more revenue, more revenues, more cash flow, more cash flow leads to a better lifestyle, right? So number one is you can leverage labor through building a team. Number two, you can leverage capital, right? So how you leverage capital in business would be like um, buying a piece of real estate for, let's say you buy an apartment complex for a million dollars. And you only have to put down $100,000, right? So you put down 10%. And even that 10%, you could use somebody else's money for. But then that million-dollar property you're going to own, it's going to appreciate at a million-dollar property. So that appreciation is all going to be yours. And then it's also going to cash flow at a million dollars, right? Or it's going to cash flow as a million-dollar asset into you. So um, we're able to leverage this million-dollar business that you can buy essentially just for 10% of the price, right? So leveraging capital and leveraging debt is a super, super valuable tool to business. And that's number two. Number three is leveraging code, right? So this would be like creating a website, creating a click funnel, um, creating an e-commerce business that you can just completely have, have it running in the background and just have like the code itself of the website um, take care of the lead generation, the ad spend, the fulfillment, and just have it kind of on repeat there, right? Because it's only something you have to do once, but it can have a huge outturn uh, output on the out end. And then the fourth thing, the fourth leverage to business, right? So we got labor, we got capital, we have code. The fourth is media. So why media is important is because you can make a video like this, right? I'm doing this podcast with my brother. This is one of their podcast episodes and we can record this video once, but it can be seen for years and years and years to come, right? You can have an Instagram post once 
and it can go reach 100,000 people, right? You can make a TikTok video once and it can go hit a million views, right? Your output for having something, having 10 people see it and having 10 million people see it doesn't take any more, right? So that's a huge leverage that you can have. So a bulletproof strategy, going back to why I'm talking about this, is a bulletproof strategy is not only doing something that you're going to do for your whole life, but it's being able to do something that's a high leverage opportunity. And I think that's extremely invaluable. Make sure you're doing something that has a compounding effect to it. Right. Going off of that is doing the boring work. Right. So the boring work in business is, for example, it's like the day-to-day mundane stuff. Right. Let's say you're in real estate. The boring work is prospecting. Right. It's saying the same thing to new people. It's giving your giving your spiel on the specific house over and over again to new people. It's um, it could if you're in recruiting, it's talking about a business opportunity over and over and over again. Um, it's talking about the same opportunity to new people, right? If you're in lawn mowing, I'll give an example, right? It's mowing the same yard over and over and over again, or just mowing in general, right? And that's going to be really boring, and that's okay. Right. So your ability to do the boring work and to do it day in and day out is what is going to lead to that compounding process that's going to lead to massive wealth. Right. So one thing I learned in this business from one of our one of my mentors I have is um, it's volume. Right. So volume, which is like the boring work I was just mentioning, volume is going to lead to skill. And then skill plus volume is going to lead to these massive returns that you're looking for, right? So what's the main factor in this, right? Volume. How, what does volume mean? Doing the boring work, right? So it's the boring work that makes you really good at that work. And then being really good at that work and doing it a lot of times is going to give you these big results that you want later in life. So as a quick sum up, right, um, when you're looking at a business, you want to be able to do it for a long time. Right, the longer time horizon you have, uh, a you you know you're not going to quit. You know you're going to do it. Um, you know you're going to get through the ups and downs of business, but you're also not going to be able to be beaten either because most people have the shiny object syndrome, and they'll see a business and they'll really only be able to do something for a year, two years, three years now. Right, they don't have the patience to be able to see the wins long term. Right, so only do something if you can do it forever. Number two, being a compounding vehicle, something that is going to compound onto itself over and over again. And that's a vehicle that has high leverage. And then number three, do the boring work, right? Do the work that generates the leads, generates the business, generates your cash flow. Understand that's what's going to grow your business and just accept that it's sometimes just going to get really repetitive and just know through the repetition that you're getting better, you're growing your skills, and that you're also growing the business too, right? And one thing I really like is with compounding, it takes longer for something to happen. So the growth, or I mean, the progress is gonna take longer than you thought. So you're gonna be like, man, I've been doing this for so long, I don't see the progress I want, I don't see the success I want, but the growth is gonna happen faster and quicker than you could ever imagine. All right, so let's think of the big short for an example, right? This dude that was calculating the housing market crash of 2008, he's like, man, just the math doesn't make sense. And 
it should have burst already. Like this housing market is just like, it's not making sense. Like the math just doesn't work out. So the results and like the progress took longer than he thought. But when, when that compounding process did start, the market adjusted faster than he could have ever imagined. Right. So when it did burst, when it did blow, it, um, excuse me, it was much quicker than he could have ever thought. So the same thing happens in business. And again, I'm not there yet to where I have seen my compounding efforts blow up and explode, but I know it is coming. And I know if I do the boring work and I just know that uh, the compounding process is exponential, then you're going to see the results inevitably. All right. So, um, excuse me. Um, anyway, those are the advice I would have to young entrepreneurs, young aspiring business people, and uh, kind of a little deep dive into my mindset on why uh, on why entrepreneurship is so important and uh, kind of how I see business now. So hopefully that can help you with wherever whatever stage you're at with your business. Um, feel free to reach out to me over Instagram DMs. I'll definitely respond and uh, we can chat more if you have any other questions on um, how I view business or if you have any feedback, definitely just drop it in the YouTube channel too and uh, we'll make sure to respond to you. But other than that, keep working hard, keep tuning in and uh, this uh, finishes up another episode of the Erickson Brothers podcast again where we talk about the questions we don't know the answers to, right? A bunch of topics we have not yet come uh, seen that come to fruition. And then we also talk about the possible returns of life's investments. And one of the biggest returns you can ever make is investing in yourself and uh, investing in your mindset and investing in your business. And that's what we're doing today. So hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you later. Peace.